As we get closer to the end of the year, I'm going to give you 11 tips and strategies that you can employ now before the end of the year to help you minimize your taxes and to prepare for the year to come. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm Aro Ogurian with ACAP Advisors and Accountants, where we provide you with helpful videos on tax strategies and also wealth management. If there's a topic that you want us to cover, please remember to include it in the comment section below or send us a message and we'll be sure to include it in a future video. Tip number one, the easiest thing you can do now before the end of the year is to maximize your 401k. The maximum you can put into your 401k for 2022 is 20,500. If you're the age of 50 or over, you can put in another $6,500 into your 401k, bringing the maximum to $27,000 a year. Now, that's the easiest thing you can do before the end of the year because that's a direct reduction of your taxable income. Tip number two, the other easiest thing you can do is to harvest your losses. Now, obviously, the stock market has been down sharply this year, which is a great opportunity for you to harvest some losses and to deduct those on your taxes, not only this year, but also future years. Now, if you're not familiar with tax loss harvesting, please look at my other video where I talk about what is tax loss harvesting. A quick uh, reminder, a tax loss harvesting is basically when you intentionally sell an asset for a loss, to take the loss on, the, on your tax return and then being able to buy it within 31 days afterwards and still be able to have exposure to that stock. Now, an added bonus is that cryptocurrencies are not subject to what are known as the wash sale rule, which basically means you can't sell an asset for a loss and then rebuy it again immediately. But cryptocurrencies are not subject to that, that rule, which means that you can sell a cryptocurrency, take the loss, and then rebuy it again either the next day or that same day and still have that loss that you can deduct on your tax return. So if you have some losses in 2022, make sure you harvest those losses, take, them, uh, take a deduction on your tax return, and then the following year, you can continue to, whatever losses you have not used, you can continue to carry them over to future years. Tip number three, if you have a sizable estate and you're trying to minimize your estate taxes, what you may want to do is gift $16,000 a year to either your children or people who you're planning on giving money to. That way, that's going to reduce your estate and also minimize your estate taxes if you're subject to estate taxes upon your passing. Now, if you're married, you can gift uh, $32,000, basically $16,000 uh, uh, each spouse to one person. So if you have one child, you can gift $32,000 to that child and you do not have to file a gift tax return. Now, again, by doing this, what you're doing is you're removing assets from your estate, thereby lowering your estate, and thereby minimizing the estate tax upon your passing. Tip number four, now may be a great time to do a Roth conversion. If you're not familiar with a Roth conversion, basically what you do is you take your regular IRA and you convert it to a Roth IRA. But when you do that conversion, you have to pay tax on the amount of the, uh, the market value. Now, since the market has gone down so much this year, it could be a great time to do that conversion because at the beginning of the year, your portfolio may have been worth a lot more. But now with the year being, uh, with now the end of the year, the market's much lower. You can do that conversion, pay a lower tax, and now that money's going to grow tax-free because now it's gone into a Roth IRA. Tip number five, if you're self-employed, another thing you can do is you can defer some of your income until the following year. 
So for example, if you know that the following year, you're going to have maybe less income or you're going to have more deductions and you're expecting a customer to pay you with the, before the end of the year, maybe have that customer pay you the beginning of the year of 2023. That way you can defer that income to the following year and then minimize your taxable income for the current year. Tip number six, another great thing you can do to minimize your estate taxes is by paying someone else's medical bills or paying for their colleges. Now, these have to be paid directly to either the university or the college, or they have to be paid directly to the medical provider. And the reason why you would do this is because you don't have to file a gift tax return by doing this, and it also lowers your uh, estate value, thereby lowering your estate taxes. So if you gift someone $16,000, or if you're married, you do 32,000, as we mentioned earlier, and you also pay that person's medical bills or their college directly to the university or to the, um, the medical provider, now you've essentially increased the amount of money you've taken out of your estate and lowered your estate tax liability. Tip number seven, if you're 72 and over, you probably already know about the required minimum distributions. If you're not familiar with the required minimum distributions, basically, if you have an IRA or a 401k or any account that was a retirement account, and you have not taken money out of that account and you're retired, the IRS requires you to start taking money out of that account and pay tax on it. And if you don't do it, there's a really hefty penalty. So there's a calculation called a required minimum distribution, which is essentially how much money you have to take out every year once you reach 70 and a half. Now, a great way to do tax planning is if, you've, if you already do charitable deductions, what you can do is you can donate up to $100,000 of your IRA distribution, of your RMD to the charity. And by doing so, you don't have to report that on your tax return. Well, you report it on your tax return, but it's not taxable to you. So if you have to take out $5,000 from your uh, IRA, and that's a required minimum distribution, and you typically already do $5,000 of charitable donations, instead of paying in cash, why not have your IRA do a qualified charitable distribution to that charity and you don't have to pay income. You don't report. You don't have to pay income tax on that uh, five thousand dollars that you donate to that charity. Now, keep in mind, if you do do that, you're not able to also deduct it on your Schedule A as itemized deduction. So you can't double dip, but at least you're not paying tax on that five thousand dollars of distribution. The maximum you can do is $100,000 per person. So if you're married, you and your spouse can each do $100,000 of qualified charitable distributions, and which would be a huge savings if you typically donate that much money. Tip number eight, another great strategy before year end is to make charitable donations. Uh, charitable donations that you make, as long as it's to a qualified charity, can be deducted on your tax return, and they're an excellent way to minimize and lower your tax liability. Since we're on the subject of donations, let's talk about tip number nine, which is another way that you can minimize your tax liability, and that's by donating appreciated stock. Did you know that you can donate appreciated stock to a charity and get the full uh, deduction on your tax return and not have to pay capital gains tax? So let's give an example. Let's assume you bought a stock for $10 and now it's worth $100. So if you sell that stock, you're going to have to pay $90. You have to have to pay capital gains tax on $90, which is the difference between the $100 and the $10 that you paid for it. But if you donate that stock to a charity, you get the full $100 deduction 
and you avoid having to pay the capital gains tax. So if you're going to donate $100 to a charity anyway, why don't you donate that appreciated stock and get the full value deduction on that donation? Another great tool to lower your tax liability in a given year is by doing a donor-advised fund. When you do a donor-advised fund, essentially what you're doing is you're putting either a basket of securities, appreciated securities into this fund, or you're donating money into this fund, you're getting a deduction the year of the donation. So you get a large deduction the year of the donation. But uh, in the future years, you can use the money in that fund to make future donations. And as that money in that fund grows, if it's invested, if it grows, all the appreciation that's in that fund also is not taxable. So let's assume you put $5,000 into a donor advice fund this year, and you get the full $5,000 deduction. And then that donor advice fund grows to $10,000 over the years. And over those years, you're donating to different charities. Well, not only have you received a deduction of $5,000 in the year that you put the money in, but now you're able to donate much more money to these charities and without having to pay tax on it. The last tip I want to share with you today on how to minimize your tax liability before the end of the year is to utilize and spend your FSA, which is your flexible spending account. Now, keep in mind, the FSA is different than an HSA. And if you're not familiar with an HSA, look at my other video where we talk about HSAs. Now, the FSA, the flexible spending account, if you don't use up your money before the end of the year, you're going to lose it or only a portion of that's going to roll over to the following year, $570 to be exact. So if you've got $1,000 in your FSA right now, I'd highly recommend you start using that on some medical expenses because only $570 of that thousand will get rolled over to the following year. So if you've got an FSA, use it to help minimize your taxes because otherwise you're not going to be able to roll over all of it.